0: Prayer is not about getting God in on what we're doing. Prayer is about getting in on what God is doing. Thank you for joining in. Episode 62, Bryce Harper Podcast. This is Bryce Harper, and I want to talk to you today about prayer, praying first, just the importance of prayer, and just really quickly just share some of the notes that I preached um, a message here recently. The church that I had the joy and honor of pastoring uh, Family Worship Center, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And uh, twice a year, we spend 21 days of prayer and fasting in January and August um, of every year. And I have just been a person who's been impacted by prayer. I've had the opportunity to be a part of different ministries and incredible leaders who were very steadfast and passionate people of prayer. And the truth is, if we prayed as much as we gossiped, we'd be living in a completely different world. If we prayed as much as we scrolled social media, we'd be living in a completely different world, if we prayed. Um, I think one of the greatest, most challenging, invasive questions I've ever been asked by a leader, a pastor, mentor in my life is is when the question gets posed and, and presented to me, how's your prayer life? Because the reality is no person is greater than their prayer life, I think Leonard Ravenhill said that, and yeah, when you think about that man it's it gets in your business. you immediately think, um uh my prayer life is you know either non existent, okay, decent, um could be better, you know there's a lot of things I think the majority of us of us would say you know prayer." is hit or miss. It's it's great some days, non-existent other days. Um, Leonard Ravenhill went on to say that the two prerequisites for a successful Christian life are vision and passion, and both of those are birth maintained and completed in prayer. There was a recent study I found online about the 10 ways praying actually benefits your health. Uh, Number one, it makes you stress-free. Number two, it reduces your chances of suffering from depression and anxiety. Number three, helps you deal with emotional onslaught. Excuse me. Number four, keeps away common stress and related disorders. Number five, makes you happier. Let's continue with five more of, um, you know, things that benefit your health because of prayer. Uh, number six, it makes you a better person. Number seven, speeds up post-surgical recovery. Number eight, keeps diseases at bay. Number nine is good for your heart. Number ten helps you live longer. Um, yeah, I, I. What I love about prayer is that it just it emphasizes my awareness of God. And if there's anything that we should be doing is is doing just that, I think. We live in, in, in a world in a society where a lot of other things are being emphasized, and we need to emphasize the spirituality of God, His Word, in the Bible that speaks to us and gives us guidance, and what does that look like for us in our everyday life as, as co-workers, as leaders, as business owners, as spouses, as, as a sibling parents grandparents um so yeah i mean so why pray right um well i know that prayer brings about change and the first thing prayer changes is the person who is praying prayer doesn't does more than change our circumstances it changes our perspective um second chronicles 7:14 the famous just Passage on prayer. Then, if my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, the f- and and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, and so immediately we see right there in verse fourteen, if my people, God's people, called by my name, will humble humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, there's a lot of change happening right there for the person who is praying the person of god the person who's a disciple of god so person who calls himself a christian that person is already humbled themselves right we i don't I don't think we're short on humility in society right seeking god turning from their wicked ways right not not demanding everybody else turn from their wicked ways but they are turning from their wicked ways then the bible goes on to say i will hear from heaven will forgive their sins and restore their land so all the change outside um, of the person praying is secondary to the to this primary thing that's happening and that is humility that is seeking God and and, and turning from from wicked ways um, you know Jesus said my house should be called a house of prayer um, and so that's why you pray it changes you it changes us. And, and then from there, our world has changed. I really don't believe we are going to see change in the world until we see change in the church. I don't think we're going to see change in the church until we see changes in the pews of the church and changes in the hearts of the people coming to church and the hearts of pastors and staff members. I mean, we're not going to see the change in the church unless we see change in the people of the church and, and those who are attending and those who are leading. And and it, And I believe that all starts just of every individual making a point to pray because prayer changes us. It changes who we are as people and it changes our, not just our circumstances, but our perspective. Um, we to pray. I think, I think you should pray just about everywhere, um, in a physical location, but I think also in a mental, thinking about this also in a mental and emotional stages of life, we should, be praying even in private and in public. We should be praying, um, when we're in despair or we're in delight. I think we should pray when things are good and pray when things are bad. I think we should pray when we're depressed. I think we should pray when we're happy. I think we should be praying and, and, and have an even an actual location. Maybe it's somewhere in our house. Maybe it's at the kitchen table early in the morning or late at night or, um, Home office, or front porch, or a back patio. Um, there should be just an isolated place where you go. I mean, Jesus went to places to pray. Um, you see that through the Gospels. I mean, Matthew fourteen twenty three is an example. After sending them home, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. And night fell while he was there alone. Uh, Luke six twelve says one day soon afterward, Jesus went up on a mountain to pray, and he prayed to God all night. And so. Whatever state you're in or whatever physical location, you can isolate. I think, that's, I think that's just a great thing. We see that in Scripture. Um, what to pray? Then we pray we pray God's will on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, not our will, but His will. Um, Matthew 6 says, When you pray, don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like that, for your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Um, 1 Thessalonians 4 says God's will is for us to be holy, to be set apart, to be different, so to say. Colossians 4, devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind, thankful heart. Pray for your leaders. Um, And, 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 you know, pray that the message of God will go forward. Um, We never really see Jesus praying if it be your will. I mean, Jesus prayed it. He knew what the will of God was. It was, for, it was for people to be healed and for people to know him and to experience him. Um, when to pray. Um, I love um, Chris Hodge's most recent uh, book that re- was released earlier this year is, is, when do you pray? You pray first. You pray at all times. Um, I think even thinking about times of prayer. Uh, Martin Luther prayed three hours a day. John Wesley prayed two hours a day. Adoniram Judson prayed seven times a day um, I think you, I think you pray first I think when you have to make a big decision you pray first um, you pray throughout your day you communicating with God and you're allowing God to communicate with you first uh, first Thessalonians 5:16 says always be joyful and never stop praying be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will. For you to belong to Christ Jesus, don't stifle the Holy Spirit. Don't scoff at prophecies, but test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. Stay away from every kind of evil. Um, and then Ephesians chapter 6, 18 says, Pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert. Be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And and, and Paul, throughout a lot of his epistles, was, was asking for people to be praying for him. Um, how to pray? Pray. Um, I would say not with necessarily sophisticated words, but with simple words, not with superficial, but with what's natural. I th- I think pray o- honest prayers, pr- things that are on your heart. Um, and of course, Matthew, the Lord's prayer. I mean, Jesus, you know, I think when we think prayer, we definitely need to have everything rooted in, in our footing on what we see in the gospel. And Jesus telling the disciples, you know, they asked him how teach us how to pray. And this is what Jesus says. Jesus said, pray like this, is what God said. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. Forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Throughout the Bible, we see prayer is just, it. it's just seen throughout the entire narrative of scripture from Genesis to Revelations. From Genesis, we see uh, calling on the name of the Lord. Um, In Exodus, we see Moses praying for 40 days. Samuel interceded and led in prayer. Solomon interceded and prayed. The Psalms are full of praise and prayers, of repentance and and deliverance, and protection, and intimacy. Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Nehemiah were men of prayer, and because of their prayers, God spoke to them and gave them the words of instruction for God's people. Daniel is possibly the greatest example of prayer in the Old Testament. Um, Many teachers, professors, scholars would attest to that. He, He prayed three times a day. He was prepared to die rather than ceasing in prayer. Ezra, encourage prayer and fasting. Jonah was in the belly of a whale, so I, I, I imagine he prayed. Uh, Habakkuk is entirely composed of his own prayers, uh, and we see postures of, of prayer seen throughout the Bible of like lifting hands, standing, kneeling, um, contrition, um, face on the ground, different things like that. that the, all those things kind of also contrast and compare to worship And then as we get into the New Testament, the cornerstone of prayer is seen in the the cornerstone of everything of our faith hinges on, and that was the life and teaching of Jesus. Jesus often withdrew to places of prayer, prayed prayed and the Holy Spirit descended on him, Uh, Spent whole nights in prayer, went to the hills to pray, prayed with his disciples, prayed and his appearance changed, prayed and and then taught his disciples to pray. And John 17 is seeing this Jesus praying this high priestly prayer over his followers and over really all future followers, prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane, prayed while dying on the cross. Uh, The early church carried on the importance of prayer constantly and consistently seen praying throughout the book of Acts. The first miracle of the church was when Peter and John were on their way to prayer. Paul taught and showed thoroughly the faithfulness he embodied in prayer and, in this, and our necessity to do the same, right? Kind of mentioned that through some of those other passages. Paul asked for prayer repeatedly. Peter reminds and states that we should pray because God is attentive to the prayers of the righteous. Jude suggests we build ourselves up in the most holy faith and in prayer. And then Revelation revealed to us the power of the prayers of the saints. Um, but here's the deal. The truth is prayer has become an accessory item in the church. Prayers has just become spiritual 911. Prayers become the thing we do when we've tried everything else. Prayers has become this footnote rather than a subject of content. Prayer has been seen as unproductive. Prayer has been seen as something we do at church, before a nice dinner or funerals, weddings, other events. Prayer has been seen as something that does not matter. Uh, the truth is prayer is our priority and main item of concern and focus. As we see, as it fills up so much so much of the theme throughout the Bible, um, prayer is being proactive rather than reactive. Prayer is the first thing we do before we do anything else. Prayer is the main subject of action. Prayer is the most productive thing we do. Prayer is what we do leading up to every big event in life. Prayer is truly what matters most. Um, and prayer is about divine sovereignty and human responsibility. Prayer is not about us. Like I said, it's not about us getting God in on what we're doing, but rather us getting in on what God is doing. So again, I encourage you to look at Luke chapter 11 of um, when Jesus is describing to them how to pray. Luke 11, one says, once Jesus was in a certain place, right? Where is your certain place? As he finished, one of the disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. And uh, there was a lot of things there um, that we can see. There was location. um, There was a position. Um, So I'll just give you these things real quickly. Number one, there was a location. Number two, there was a position of humility, our Father. Um, There was a submission, your kingdom. Okay, not our kingdom, but your kingdom. Your kingdom comes soon. Uh, so, location, position, submission. Number four is nutrition. Um, give us each the day, uh, each day the food we need. Um, anything really more than today is overflow. So, whatever you've provided for us today, um, you know that's what we want. That's what we need. Give us that. So, location, position, submission, nutrition. Um, you kind of see the pattern here. Uh, con- contrition. Right, forgive us of our sins. Right, uh, to be humble, to be contrite, um, uh, and repentance changes us. Um, so, location, position, submission, nutrition, contrition. Number six would be reconciliation. Uh, if we, you know, as we forgive those who sin against us, so if we cannot forgive others, uh, it's because we've forgotten what we've been forgiven of. Um, and then number seven, redemption. So, so. Let us not yield to temptation, but deliver us from evil. So those are just kind of seven things I see there um, in the Lord's Prayer. And you can, man, you can, next year I'll teach on it and I'll see something completely different um, that just bolsters um, my life of prayer with God. You know, location, you know, position, submission, nutrition, contrition, Reconciliation, redemption, and um, I think even as you consider prayer, um, also even consider fasting. Um, we we feed our flesh. Let's feed our spirit. Um, and um, there's obviously all the health benefits to that, but it's also increasing our awareness and emphasizing um, the the supernatural, uh, emphasizing our our spirit man with. The Holy Spirit, it's emphasizing and highlighting um, this relationship with God and our spirit more than just trying to meet the needs of our flesh. You know, we go, many of us, I'll close with this thought, many of us will go to church once a week and get a meal, so to say, to feed our spirit and we'll go the rest of the week completely starving ourselves uh, and, and, and not putting anything into our spirit Again until the next Sunday or the next church service or the next conference. We would never do that with our physical body, right? When lunchtime rolls around, when dinner time, your body knows, man, I need I need a meal. I need something. I need some fuel to keep myself going. And um, I think a lot of times, man, we are we are spiritually starving ourselves I and mean, we are very spiritually unhealthy. Um, and we are living one meal a week at best for some of us. And so um, I would encourage you, man, to pray first, get in God's word and um, feast. Uh, he's the bread of life. I'd feast on that. He's our sustenance, our substance um, that um, provides for us in ways that no other thing can provide for us. So thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining on this episode. And don't ever forget a good start envisions the end result